This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome, Ringrets, to this Blackhawks Hockey Ringcast, episode 51, brought to you by the Overtime Media Podcast Network. Your sport, your team, and your time. And we're also brought to you by our founding sponsors of PuckHockey.com. It's P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Head over, get yourself some rinkware, use that discount code, the rink, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, all together, and it'll get you 10% off, like I said. Um yourself some uh some cool hockey swag some metal swag some rink swag for the summer uh that's uh, puckhockey.com discount code d-h-e-r-i-n-k so anyway today is thursday april 11th 2019 happy birthday to my brother scott i am jeff osborne better known across the interwebs as gatekeeper my name is jeff it's hefe man who could be scared of a Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey's just this nice bloke from down the road, isn't he? <laughs> and I'm joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow extremely grumpy old guy today, Mr. John Jekyll. Hello, sir. I am going to quit Facebook. I basically <laughs> want to blow up Facebook. That's it. I'm oh, done. Breaking news. Old man yells at clouds. <laughs> <laughs> Waving his arms and yelling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and together we are your most trusted sources at your favorite online hockey hangout, the dash rink.com. The dash with the cash, baby. Um, don't got that dash, it don't got that cash. Yeah, so it's the silliness will ensue today. With us today, I decided the end of the year we could have kind of a party. Everyone that could, everyone from the rink is welcome to join. Of course, everyone isn't available, but uh, who we do have tonight is um, Mario Tarabasi. Our Ice Hogs writer, you've heard him with his War Pigs report. We have Ray Napientek. Uh, he covers the steel for us and also the Blackhawks stuff as well. And we have uh, someone who we probably haven't heard from for a little while, but he, hold, he holds a pr- pretty important position over at the rink. Uh, it's Eric Andrews, who was our, he's our prospect guy, but he kind of goes dark in the winter, but he's also our editor, which is huge and takes a huge load off of you know, our shoulders. So, uh, Eric, how you doing? I'm going to ask you first. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Um, I'm doing pretty good other than freezing my butt off at a softball game earlier tonight, but yeah, good now. Well, it could depend on where you live anywhere. I mean, you, I know you're in, you're like in Indiana and Indiana. (laughs) Yeah. But like I left, you know, like the North suburbs, uh, it was like 40 degrees, 42. I don't know, 46 degrees. I got home. It was 67 degrees. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's crazy weather. Yeah, it was the opposite here. It was supposed to be about 70 or 75, and then it ended up being 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, we got Mario. Mario, welcome. We get a live segment from you, too, or, you know, this time around, at least. How's yeah, it going, we'll man? see how lively it is. <laughs> yeah, I think this is going to be very lively. And, Ray, welcome <laughs> back again, too. Yes, Good yes, yes. We're gonna have we we we'll have to go to some Chicago Steel games uh, together because it seems like it's the only uh, team in Chicago that's gonna be going to the playoffs. Yeah, Friday night, seven oh five. There you go. We we still have we you know hashtag uh, anything can happen, right, Mario? I mean, 
I, I'm no math major, but they're not mathematically eliminated yet, the Ice Hogs. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, it's same as the Blackhawks story. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I still think there's probably people out there who think they are not mathematically eliminated. <laughs> oh, sure. I can name a couple of them right now. Hey, they're only eight spots out of a playoff spot. Yeah. So, anyway, <laughs> the, Ray, I want to thank you for putting that up every morning and making me laugh when I see that percentage go up every morning. <laughs> Too many people took that seriously, but. So. Never like 22, so. Right, right, right. Well, so it's the end of the year. We were just going to kind of wrap things up. We're going to get, you know, kind of talk small talk about the Blackhawks stuff. But the um, the biggest thing that happened was they were in the draft lottery on Tuesday, which I like the way that they moved that up. Uh, You know, it's done on an off night because it was too much craziness the way they did it before. But um the, the draft lottery happened. No one, no one thought that, the, you know, Blackhawks were going to get, you know, they, they, you know, may move a spot, but uh, you know, what are the chances the Blackhawks, you know, get that favorable of bounce with the ball. And uh, so anyway, uh, the Blackhawks moved all the way up to the third pick overall, which to the surprise of everyone, uh, including Mario with uh, his video. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, my, so my plan was to, uh, I wanted to, to try and periscope the whole thing, but, uh, I didn't, I didn't get home in time to, to set it all up. But, um, yeah, I, I, I scared my wife and my dog when they flipped the, uh, the 12 card over and it, it was the wild and it, yeah, I, I'm sure much, much like the rest of us was uh, just in, in total shock that, you know, there was such a slim chance that, uh, the Blackhawks would move up into the top three and then it actually happened. So um, whatever they do with that third pick, uh, whoever they pick, because they should use, they should use it at number three. I'll put that out there right now. Um, but that's, I mean, that's just gravy after the kind of season that, that we endured as fans and that, you know, the team had to go through this year. So, uh, very, very excited. Yeah, me, me well, too. Well, that's the pick that you know we all hoped they would get by kind of tanking. Right, um, exactly. That's what we. That's why we wanted them to tank so that they could get a they, pick like they this. They overperformed for about ten games in the middle of the season before reverting to stinking again, and um, you know, getting everybody all excited and getting the jabronis all stirred up. But um, you know, they they've got this pick and then and. I mean, we're going to talk about it. one of our questions is about who they should take with it. But I mean, this is a gift. I mean, this is an opportunity. I mean, Jonathan Taves was taken with the third overall pick. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, Leon Dreisaitl. Pardon me? Leon Dreisaitl, who almost had 50 goals yeah. this year. I mean, this, this, is a, this is a draft position where you should get a guy who, you know, can be a potentially a franchise level player. Um, and it, there's some, there's some, you know, reasonably that it is really more of a two player draft. And then there's a little bit of a drop off, but there are some people who feel that at least one, maybe two of the guys who could, who could go third are potentially big stars. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And, you know, the sort of the mentality going in, because, 
Um, you know, uh, I believe that Stan Bowman with a pick like this will go a little more conservative and to avoid the big strikeout, the big, you know, the Jack Skilly pick. Um, but I feel like he's got to do just the opposite. He's going to he's got to kind of, I guess, you know, reach to get a player who is potentially a very special player as opposed to drafting a guy third who he could have gotten drafting sixth or seventh. Yeah. Well, okay. That's a good teaser. So let's, let's use that as a teaser. We'll get a little more into it. Uh, We'll get a deep, deeper into our thoughts. We'll talk. I wouldn't actually, you don't want to get deep into my thoughts, but uh, Uh, we'll talk to Ray and we'll talk to Eric. So let's, Throw it to a break, we'll come back, and then we'll get a little deeper into this, what we think this drafting is going to happen. Finding the right pros for home projects can be tough and spark a lot of questions like, how do I find a pro who can help? Will they do a good job? Will I get a fair price? That's where HomeAdvisor can help. From leaky faucets to major remodels, HomeAdvisor connects you to the right pro for the job in seconds and even helps you get a fair price. Read reviews, check project cost guides, and book appointments. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free HomeAdvisor app to start your next project. All right, here we are. Let's talk about the draft. Um, I'll give a little bit of my thoughts on this, uh, then I'll turn it over to Eric. We're going to let the prospect guy go. and then. Uh, so anyway, my thoughts on this are they're already playing with, they're playing with house money already. They, they expect it to be in the you know, 12th, 13th, what, you know, further down. They moved up nine spots. They're already getting much more value than they, you know, could have ever imagined. So just t- stay, stick with the pick. Don't don't trade away assets because you're, you know, if you're going to trade away assets, who are you going to trade away? You know, these these young defensemen you're trying to develop. Okay, well that's still putting a hole. Um, or, or one of your young forwards, which I don't know, who, what are they going to want to bring it to move up? You know. Um, why would you give up an asset when you could just take a really good player at three, three is not going to kill you. You know, it's not, there's not that much of a difference between, uh, two and three really, honestly. So I think they need to go out there, probably pick, uh, one of the big centers, uh, that was, you know, cousins and, uh, is it Dak or Datch? Dak? Kirby Doc. Doc, Dak. Um, I, I, you know, get a, a big center that can skate like that's, that's something they could use on this team and, and, and doesn't necessarily need to jump in to be a first line center uh, in their first or second year. Like they could sit at the third in the third line and just, you know, play behind Strom, play behind Taves or, or, you know, maybe jump ahead of Strom, but whatever. So uh, that that's my opinion on, on that. But any of this, this, this nonsense trade stuff to move up Pat Boyle, um, this more on their podcast, I, I use like trade sod trade, uh, uh, trade sod, trade Boquist, and trade another player, and the and their third overall to uh, to move up, and I'm to, to number one to get Jack Hughes, and I'm like, oh, wow, and then proceeded to just stomp on uh, sod and Boquist, just just basically like stomping on their ashes, saying you know Boquist, you know what is Boquist? You may never even turn out to be anything. Uh, it was, it was mad. So if that's the case, why do you think that's going to get you the number one overall pick? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just because it's a lot of things. thinks that people are out there waiting to give Stan Bowman a sweetheart deal, you know, take all yeah. the Hawks crap for like Wayne Gretzky. It doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. And, <laughs> and really, honestly, you do that. You give up like three assets and, 
you're making a bigger hole in your team. You're making your team yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brandon Side, Brandon Side is a quality left wing in the NHL. I mean, a really good two-way player. And he showed it this year after, you know, everybody stomped all over him earlier in the year. And Boquist, you know, uh, if he, if he, you know, keeps his brains inside his cranium, I mean, he could end up being a really, really good def- defenseman in the NHL. I mean, really good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It, you know, they they spent all year pumping him up, and all of a sudden now Pat Boyle wants, you know, to move up two picks. He wants to just dump the guy off. Like, this is guy's supposed to be the next, you know, Eric Carlson, the next, you know, the guy. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so Eric, I'm sure everyone wants to hear from the actual prospect guy. Um, what are your thoughts about this, the uh, the, the draft situation? Because you, you had a good tweet that went up. We retweeted it. There were some votes. So you're the... You're the authority on this one. What do you think? Yeah, well, I'll start my uh, my thoughts with um, appeasing the meatballs and just saying that, as we saw on Tuesday night, I guess anything can happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> not really. Erroneous. Um, erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, kind of like what you were what you were saying, Gate, um, it's important that they get this right, and it's important that they go after somebody – that, that really fills a hole that they have. Um, you know, and I, I've seen a lot of responses on the poll that I put up on Twitter about people wanting them to go after the best defenseman available and continue oh. to add there. Um, <laughs> you know, and I'm not even going to go there because that's just not that Bowen Byram is not going to be a great defenseman, but that's just not where they should go with this pick. Um, had they not taken Boquist last year, then maybe. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just getting repetitive on top of already being repetitive. Um, so then you turn to looking at the forwards that are available. Um, and at that point, it really becomes more what kind of a player that you really are hoping to add, because um, really the, the three or four guys that could really be considered for that spot are all fairly different players. Um, so it, it really comes down to what they're wanting in that pick. Um, you know, and you guys have mentioned a few guys already. Um, you've got who most people at, at this current time would say would be third overall would be Vasily Podkolzin out of Russia. Um, he's a, he usually plays right wing. Then you've got um, a pair of bigger centers in Dylan Cousins and Kirby Dock. And you've got a center out of the U.S. National Team Development Program named Alex Turcott. Um, yeah, so, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and um, you know it's kind of been interesting just in our in our staff dialogue, as it seems like um, almost everybody's kind of got a different guy that they that they're targeting and that they really like um, better than everybody else. Um, so, you know, and it, it's still really early in the process. Um, even just looking at last year with the third overall pick, everyone thought it would be either Zadina or Kachuk, and it ended up being Kotkaniemi, even though he wasn't on anybody's radar. So even though these are the guys that we're talking about right now, there very well could be someone that, you know, rises up really late um, and ends up being someone that, that Bowman really likes and that they end up going with. Well, that was actually, you know, that happened in the, uh, the uh, Line A draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, pull pull you Jarvi or whatever. Um, he was actually ranked ahead of Lion A until like the worlds happened, 
And then Line A just kind of jumped over them. And God, look at how that thing turned out now. <laughs> you know, lucky for them. Yeah, well, and even with that, too, then he, Puy Irvi was generally assumed to be the consensus third overall pick at that point. But then Columbus went and took Dubois instead. Right, right. And that obviously turned out pretty well for them as well. Yeah, yeah, it did. So, yeah, that 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 was one thing that that uh, I'm I'm actually open. This I gotta be I gotta be honest with you guys. I mean, I think we're all really excited about this. I mean, oh, this yeah. is huge. This is huge. This 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 is what I was saying when I said that the you know we needed to light the fire again. Something needed to light the fire. There had to be some kind of chaos or something to happen. Well, this is a start right here because. This is significant for the Blackhawks, so I'm I'm really stoked on this. Um, I don't I don't know where I was going with that, but anyway, Ray, we haven't heard from you yet. Uh, give us your little synopsis on what, your ideas on this draft. I think Eric really touched on a lot of the guys that I see going three. Um, I'm a big Turcock guy. I know you know Bowman's probably going to go local and go for the non-home run hit, you know, kind of like JJ that you mentioned. I, I think it's just going to be a, a surefire thing. Somebody could probably step into the lineup, you know, give you 200 feet and draws. Knows he doesn't have to be the top line center, especially if, you know, obviously with Taze and, and Strom still being around. So I see that. I mean, I've seen, um, you know, Matthew Boldy, not really looking for a left winger probably, but he's a, a pretty good hockey player. Trevor uh, Zagras is a really good hockey player that I think I can see moving up and down kind of like last year, you know, some, like you said, some guys being surprised in, in that three spot. I don't see a defenseman. I think that would just be overkill. You know, you, you, you're really, you know, you can make it a case that Jack Hughes may not be ready to play next year, let alone, um, you know, the number three pick, maybe not being physically prepared for, for playing against the, the big boys, but there's just no defenseman that's going to come in and, and play right away in my mind. So I'm a Turcot guy. I saw him play live, um, watch him a couple of times and, and, and online as well. And I think he'd be a really good fit for the Hawks. Yeah. My but he's thought- that safe pick too. I haven't seen the pod, uh, you know, Coles in a, enough to, to say, man, if this is a guy that could come in and play right away, if he can, you know, if standing in the, in the guy say, man, this kid could come in and play right away, you know, be a, a top six type guy for us. You know, boy, I think that would be an, an easy pick. But I think Stan is going to go safe. He's going to go local and, and turn yeah. out. Can I – I want to jump in here. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, there may not be anybody he could take, ex- with a possible exception, I guess, of Hughes, who could come in and play right away. Um, mm-hmm. it, that could be grabbed at that pick, and Hughes won't be there with for that pick. That, which which I, have a, I have a point of view. Um, and on on the pick itself, and I'll I'll perhaps save that for the questions because we're going to get asked about that. But um, I, there's another possibility here, which is that somebody comes at Bowman with an offer for that that number three overall pick, and um, you know what, Bowman could turn that into a really good player who can play right away. I mean, when we start talking about you know a young stud defenseman like a Mikhail Sergachev. Um, or a Josh Manson, and and probably more that you could get for that pick. And that that's a guy, then you get a guy that you can plug in right away. I mean, especially a guy like Manson, who could really have a positive ripple effect on this whole defense um, next year, starting right, right away. You know, if, if they believe, the Hawk, if the Hawks believe that they're one or two players away, 
you know, in terms of filling these big glaring holes, um, they're one or two players away, then, then perhaps trading that pick, especially if you feel like um, the only special player you can get is a guy with question marks attached and like put goals in, then maybe, maybe you, you deal that pick and you go out and get assets that can help you right away. Um, It's probably not a popular idea, but at the same time, I think because you have such divergent opinion on this on this pick, and it reminds me of the um, the draft, the Ovechkin Malkin draft, which uh, 2004, which was uh, you know where Cam Barker was a lot of people's number three, but a lot of people, myself included, liked Andrew Ladd at number three. The Hawks took Barker, and fortunately later they they traded for Ladd, but you know. It's it's a case where sometimes you know I mean the the it, the the guy you don't take is better than the guy you take and and uh, trading the pick could make sense. I'm just and I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean especially because they the Hawks may need to go get a player or a couple players via trade and boy that's a really nice chip now you've got to trade as opposed to somebody asking for uh, uh, Brickett or Sod in return, which you really don't want to give up. Yeah, I guess that's a point of view. <laughs> no, you know, I mean, it, some people aren't going to agree with it, but I, I think it, I think it gives Bowman a lot more options. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not a big proponent of the the. Clearly, I'm not a big proponent of the uh, the trading it away thing. Because um, <clears throat> if you're trading that pick, if you're trading that pick for a defenseman, you're essentially picking a defenseman. Uh, right, but I'm, but here's the thing. I'm not. I, I I think you would give more than just a, a a good defenseman. I think you'd get, you don't, and you don't deal. You don't. Again, it's it's you know it's stupid to make a deal for something you need that doesn't blow you away. I mean, and it's 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 the same reason it's stupid to go into unrestricted free agency and give a guy like Brett Pesci seven million dollars a year. He's a good player, but he's not worth that. And but that's the, that's the mentality, that need mentality, or, you know, we have to check a box mentality that it keeps you mediocre long term. So, I mean, I, I, what I'm saying is if somebody blew you away with an offer for that pick and you could pick up one, maybe two assets that can help you right, right away, plus a couple of futures, you know, maybe you get a first rounder next year. Um, you know, maybe that's something you consider, especially if you feel like the guy that you would take there is a guy that, that, you know, probably somebody else could get, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh. You know, I'm just saying, I, I don't, I'm not arguing for it. I'm just saying that there may be a, there may be a rationale for that. Oh down yeah. The line. That's a, really, <clears throat> really all day. What I've been doing is going through your rash, you know, st- trying to get into Stan Bowman's head, not necessarily how I would do it, but what right. looks reasonable and, you know, because he he will err a lot of times on the side of caution and going making the safe play. There's not a, there's not a lot of times where you've seen Stan Bowman kind of really go out there and uh, you know make that big splash, that surprise move. I mean, the sad thing was, you know, it turned out he was forced into a corner, and the same thing right. with Panarin. Like he right. didn't do that because he was trying to just shake things up. He was kind of forced into a corner and all that stuff. So, you know, I. I've been going back and forth with that. I, like I said, I don't, I don't see the need for them to go out. I don't see anyone in the draft that's that good of a defenseman from the pick a defenseman. Nope. Uh, the, I mean, the, the one dude, the the Bowen or whatever guy. Uh, he, I mean, he's going to probably be pretty good, but it's going. He's 
probably behind Boquist in, in, in being able to play, you know, at the NHL level. And, uh, you're going to wait two or three years until, you know, two or three more years of, you know, Kane and Taves getting older and, uh, you know, for, for that guy to, to develop, or maybe, you know, it, maybe these forwards are, uh, you know, it, we really don't know if they're going to be NHL ready, but some people have said that, you know, cousins is NHL ready and he may be. And if you could throw him in there at, you know, third line center behind Strom and, uh, Taves and he, he you know, he kind of learn behind those guys. He may even, like I said, pass, uh, Strom, but, uh, I don't know. I, I think this is they have to restock that forward pool somehow, and they haven't done anything the past couple of years, and they don't really have any top-notch scoring guys that you know are, are are coming up. They don't have any snipers. They don't have any real you know. Oh wait a minute! What about Dylan Secura? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to start getting finding these high-end players, and that's all along when I want, why I wanted them to kind of tank, I wanted them to start restocking that, you know, that forward pool with some higher, you know, high talent. So, so I, that's why I say yeah. if there, if you could get a superstar, if you can get a potential superstar, keep the pick and use it on that guy. If you can just, if, if you're compromising and, and going with a safe pick, you know, a, a guy who's probably more like a, a fifth through seventh guy, what's the point? What, what, what's the, what's the value of winning the third overall pick? And I, so that's where I start to say, if, if you do, you don't feel you can get a, a superstar where confidently take a guy who's going to be Vladimir Tarasenko for you, then yeah. maybe you look at what you can get in return for that pick in a trade and, and perhaps really clean up. If somebody feels like they really want cousins or they, they feel like they want Pitt Colson and, and they feel, they feel more confident that the Hawks do that they could bring them over from Russia, you yeah. know, um, that, that, but, but to, to, to get, to jump nine spots up and then take a guy that you could have gotten say three or four spots up. It just seems, it seems foolish to me. It's house money. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the second time we've used that term. So, yeah, yeah, Mario. What I don't think you, we've got your uh, opinion on this yet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines that um, you know, def- defenseman is is not the way to go. I mean, you've already used three first round picks in the last two years on defensemen. Your the, the 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 team is is hoping that all three of these guys. Um, pan pan out in the next you know few seasons i mean boquist pipe dream is that he's ready next year but it's kind of like where do you fit him in at that point you know yoki haru looked like he was not out of place most of the time this year at the nhl level and um kind of funky how they they let him go to the world juniors and then comes back and he's sent to rockford and he's looked uh, more than prepared at the AHL level. So, you know, you figure he's going to go into the NHL lineup full-time next year. Um, Bodan looks like he's pretty solid uh, right now in, in the queue. And, um, you know, Ian Mitchell's playing for a national championship right now. So it's just like, or uh, a shot at one. So, you know, you got those four guys that are that are coming through. And, uh, you know, you got, you got Chad Chris as well. Um, who's playing with Rockford right now as they're finishing up their season. And, you know, you've already got five guys that you're thinking, okay, where are they going to pan out? Are they going to fit into the 
NHL roster next year or the year after that. And just to throw a sixth guy into that is just like, you know, you're, you're forcing your hand to move either one of your defensive prospects or maybe, you know, force yourself into trading away, you know, Brent Seabrook in a deal that maybe is not going to work out for the best, or maybe, maybe you're not going to get exactly what you want out of it. Um, or, you know, another defense, it's, it's just creating more of a log jam. Um, I've, I was a proponent last year that Chicago needed a dynamic forward, uh, in their, in their prospect system that they should have got through the draft. They didn't do it last year, this year, moving from 12 to three. Um, I, I think any one of the four forwards that we've mentioned, um, you know, Doc and, and Cousins and Pod Colson and Turcott. Um, I think it's going to be hard to miss on those guys because from what I've what I've seen of them, what I've you know read from scouting reports and you know what I've what I've been able to watch, um, they all look like they're going to be pretty solid players and, and and at least have the skills right now that um, you know it might be a, a stretch to say that they could step in year one. And, and, and play a full NHL season. But, I mean, last year's draft, top four picks all did that. Um, the year before that, four out of the five picks within a year played a full season. So um, I think the Blackhawks are in a spot where they can, they can add a, uh, a dynamic forward, um, preferably a center, and could be a guy that, that could step in right away. Um, I know Pat Colson is under KHL contract. Um, but I've, I've heard from multiple people that, you know, he'll probably come over to the NHL right away, or that's, that's the idea. Um, Turcotte, I, I know is expected to, uh, go to Wisconsin, but be a one and done. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with that, but it, it seems like Dodge or uh, doc and, uh, and cousins might be the guys that, um, you know, they, they might be able to step in right away. Uh, they're, they definitely have the size. Um, just, you know, depends on how their skills translate. So uh, I, I think it's, I think if you use the pick on a forward, it's going to be hard to go wrong at the, at that spot. Yeah. Well, and a lot of, it gets left out of a lot of conversations that the Blackhawks actually use, you know, their, their past three picks on uh, defensemen. You know, um, so it's like their their last three first round picks because you used Bodan and uh, and Boquist, and then they had Yoki Haru. You know, so it's like you, you're going to draft f- your fourth straight first round defenseman. Like that's a yeah. little a little heavy in the pool there. And in the Yoki Haru draft, their second round pick was Ian Mitchell. Right. Yeah. That so too. you're you know. Your your last four picks that were all in the, in the top fifty or whatever were all defensemen. Yeah, right. You, so. you, you that's not that's not going to work, man. It's just not going to work. And Gate, I don't think this team is a player or two away. Uh, and you know, JJ, if you get you know blown away with a, a top <clears throat> defenseman or you get blown away, you know, with a with a trade, absolutely. You know, everybody's on on the table, I guess. Uh, but I don't think this team is one or two players away. Well, I don't either. I don't in either. Draft, I'm, I'm thinking, 
two years down the road, three years down the road, who's going to be my best player? Who's going to be playing right. guys that are already in the system? You know, right. who we draft next year as, as well. I think to say, unless you get completely blown away, I mean, this team is definitely not a couple players away. That's for sure. No. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, but again, we're not running the team. And, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, then with the Blackhawks, especially especially John McDonough, Stan, Stan Bowman, you know, they they speak in, in code. And, you know, they say things like, oh, we think we're just a couple of players away. We overperform, blah, blah, blah. All the, you know, they may not actually believe that. But so lawyers speak. Again, they they say it a lot. So who knows? Maybe they do believe it, you know, and, and maybe that. And, and again, I mean, if you've got see, they've got grades on all these guys. You know, they've got they've got grades on guys that says these guys are worth taking third or third overall. And then they've got grades on other guys that say they're not worth taking third overall. And, you know, other teams may have different grades. So, again, that's how trades happen at the draft where, you know, the, the the pick is there and other teams have a guy they really want there and the team with the picks does is not really excited about anybody and and then they get blown away with a deal. I'm not saying it will happen. I'm not even saying it should happen, but I think again, I'm what I come back to is I think if Stan Bowman just gets a just takes a safe pick and misses a superstar, that should be that should end his career as the Hawks GM. Because he's made too many mistakes and this is one where it's teed up for you. You know, you've got the the Titleist on the tee. You've got the Callaway Big Bertha. Um, you know, you're you're ready to go. I mean, just just get it out there. Two eighty, two eighty five, three hundred. You know, I mean, I just it, to me, it's like you, you've got it. You've got to hit a home run with this pick, or you trade it for a home run, one or the other. But just to to kind of settle for a guy who's okay, who's gonna be a good player, but may not be a really great player. I think it would be a shame, and and I think it 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 says he's not a good GM. Yeah, um, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna actually throw this over to uh, Eric. Eric, what is your opinion of like how these guys, uh, at least who may be uh, NHL ready, you know, as early as next season? Yeah, I well, I mean, <clears throat> again, I think part of that, <clears throat> like uh, I think it was Mario touched on. Um, at least with Pod Colson, if he's going to be able to, to even come over next year. Um, you know, from what I've seen of him, he is a very well-rounded and complete player, um, you know, which sometimes can be surprising for Russian prospects because that's not the norm. But, um, you know, it seems like he's pretty responsible defensively. He has a, a pretty high motor. Um, you know, he, he's really a, a pretty complete package. Um so, I mean, I think just as far as, as what he has in his skill set, I think that would be able to translate to the NHL next year. Um, and then looking at the North American options, I think, um, I mean, like Mario also touched on, Turcotte's going to, to Wisconsin next year, so he won't be an option next year. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the other two, they both have the size, um, I believe, I think Cousins is one is probably about 180 pounds and a six three, and then Kirby Doc I think is six four and a, around 200, maybe a little bit more. Um, so just size wise, both of them would probably be able to to make the jump next year. I, I, yeah, I, I'm gonna I have it. I'm gonna be honest. I've not seen Doc play, 
But Cousins, to me, looks like he's got to put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle. He's like, yep. he's scarecrow skinny. And I, I'm with, I'm with Ray on this. I, I don't see why it's so imperative that this, that this pick plays in the NHL next year. If you go, like I said, if you go out and get a guy who two to three years down the line is, has superstar potential, I don't care if he plays next year or not because they're not going, they're not going all the way next year. We're, we are looking two to three years out. I mean, so I don't understand why that's so important that that this guy picked plays next year because again, you could get a guy who has has a maturity to his body and to his game that that means he can play in the NHL, but he may he may not have much ceiling beyond that. Versus you know getting a guy who, um, again, I think it's it's you're looking for a guy who's gonna be a superstar who's gonna be hoisting the cup for you in two three four years. Um, and that, that's what you're looking for. So whether you can play next year or not to me is, is completely inconsequential. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, we know how this organization runs and they want to, they want to put a shiny, shiny thing in front of the uh, fan base. Yeah, but I mean, I I think they knew when they took Boquist, he was still two, three years away. I mean, they'll let the meatheads and the so-called bloggers, you know, get out over their skis. They've never stopped that. But, um, you know, I I just think that uh, they knew that with with him, that he was still two, two, three years. And quite honestly, I I was disappointed. I wanted him to take Noah Dobson, but Boquist, I, I I saw the rationale for it. This is a guy with very special skills who, you you know, could really be a, a huge difference maker in the NHL, but it probably wasn't going to be for at least two or three years. Um, and again, for a team that is really, in spite of the hype and the and the meatball nonsense, the team that really is kind of in, in a rebuild mode, because I, I completely agree with you, Ray, they're not going to contend next year. And I just hope that they're not thinking they will. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I want to... Can I can I, yeah, talk, can, I can I just play can I just play uh, devil's advocate here? You Uh-oh. certainly can. Uh oh. This this last summer, you know, July first, we when they rolled out who their free agent moves were. Uh-huh. That's when we knew okay this 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 year is going to be a wash. It's going to be an uphill battle, you know, and they end up firing Q and and everything. But from from game one to game eighty two. You know, Bowman in the front office did a competent job to yep. clean up their own mess. Yes, yep, they did. I agree. And and they had a much more competitive lineup at the end of the season that they did at the beginning of the season. I, I'm not. I, I don't know if I'm going there, but but keep going. Sorry. Well, I'm well. I'm just saying. I mean, you know, the, the defense wasn't great, but you know, no. you, you you turn Brandon Manning into Drake Jula, who. Yeah, you know, looked like he had some chemistry and worked well with with Kane and Taze on the top line. Um, you know, I just I, I would say that not, and I don't know the specifics. I'm not paid to be a, a GM or anything like that. But I would say you're not that. No, I'm not surprisingly. <laughs> um, but I, I I would think that they're you know a, a smart move away from having you know a. a a defenseman that could maybe make a difference defensively and a, a, you know, a forward who can come in and, 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 you know, maybe, maybe play center or play, uh, you know, a wing and provide some scoring depth, some, someone who has maybe a, a 200 foot game that can 
add to their defensive uh, problems and help that out. And, you know, a, a, a solid third uh, overall pick in this year's draft. I mean, if they check those three boxes and, and, and do it right, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying this is going to be a cup cup roster, but, you know, they could get into the playoffs and, and sure. maybe make some noise. Who knows? Sure. I, I wouldn't write next season off right now, not knowing what they're doing this summer. Uh, I, I don't disagree, Mario. Um, but I also think that to become a, a cup caliber team, um, I agree with, and I think I heard Ray saying this too, that, that it, it's, it's more than one or two players. And, um, but I think what they're trying to do is sort of slowly build back up to that level and, and improve every year. And so they make the playoffs next year, maybe they even get to the second round. But I think that I, I suspect that they're still thinking about the, the longer term future, you know, the two, three years out when the team potentially could be very good. Um, it just feels like that's how they're doing it. They're sort of staying in that sort of half pregnant, not really rebuilding mode. Um, and they were just good enough the last half of the season to kind of justify it because mm-hmm. it just it, it absolves them of having to make unpopular moves and very painful moves um, this offseason. Now there's enough hope that they don't they, they don't have to necessarily go out and do major rebuilding, um, which it just is anathema, I think, to how Bowman and McDonough are wired. Um, so. Anyway, the point the point being, I I I do think they can make the playoffs next year, um, and I and perhaps contend a little bit. But the other side of it is, is they probably need at minimum they need to hit on like three players um, on their NHL roster somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. All right. Before we get too much into like the roster stuff, because I wanted to split it up into two. Um, we kind of addressed some of the questions, so we might as well just finish the question so we don't have to go over it again later. It was Sandra, Sandra Muir. She uh, she said the Blackhawks, uh, what they will or should do, we kind of talked about that. Will they pick a center or forward? We kind of went through that a little bit. Um, and will the consensus of the three be off the board? Uh, you know, will they pick... Uh, even uh, the best player available, even if it's a defenseman, we kind of really talked about that. Or will yeah. they trade the p- p- pick number three prick? <laughs> um, what do the folks at the rink want uh, the Blackhawks to do? And how does having the over three <clears throat> overall pick change the summer plans? Now, I don't want to answer that one because I, w- I want that to be our next segment. The uh, how does it change their plans for the summer? Um, is there anything in there we missed? I don't think so. Uh- well, well, I'm go ahead. Um, uh, I, I, so I, I've been kind of hinting around it. Um, and again, I haven't I haven't seen Kirby Doc play. Um, you know, I, I did read something where somebody was was calling him a future third third line center um, again. And I take that with a huge grain of salt. Because I don't even recall who said that. But, um, you know, I haven't really seen much of Cousins a little bit. He looks like a nice player, I, I think. But again, I mean, I'm going to leave it up to the scouts because the scouts are going to spend time with these kids in, in the interviews, which are, are usually very, very revealing about the kind of players they are and, and that they're going to be. You get a sense of their character and how how hard they're willing to work, et cetera. Um, but the one guy that I've seen tape on that I that to me looks like he could be a really special player is Pagolzin. And, um, you know, I mean, he really, when I was watching him, I was thinking this is, he's Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, that's, that's what this, this kid can be. I mean, you see him start to shoot the puck and it's like, wow. I mean, 
he's got that that Tarasenko uh, Panarin uh, quality of shot, a you know left hand shooting right wing again like Tarasenko, like Marion Hosa, um, you know just does everything well. Super competitive, and that's again. I mean, when you pick that high, I think you want that guy that has that that tremendous competitive desire to be great and to win and that Jonathan Taves had, for example. So if if they feel they can get him to come over from Russia, um, if, they, if they have complete confidence, they talk to his people, and yes, it's going to happen, that would be the way I would go because that's that's a guy who jumps out as being a potentially really special player. Um, or, you know, if you can't get somebody who, who makes you feel that way, I'd look at trading it and see what you can get for the pick. But Eric, anyway, I'll leave it to you guys now. Eric, I'll leave, I'll leave you with the last word on this. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing I was going to mention that John reminded me of um, with talking about Boquist is, in my opinion, last year, um, pretty much with every single pick that they made, they were swinging for the fences. They were mm-hmm. very aggressive going after guys who they felt had the highest ceiling instead of potentially a safer mm-hmm. floor. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that, I mean that there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that makes me curious as to if they're going to have that strategy again this year, or if they're going to, especially with the third pick, try to, to really be getting that value instead of, you know, potentially striking out on it. Um, and I think based on what mentality they have with that might influence where they, where they go with the pick. Um, from what I've seen so far, if you're just looking purely at their ability and their talent and and what they could eventually become, I would fully agree with John that Pod Colson, in my mind, is the most talented player available. Um, you know, and and you can if you, if you can add a player like that, I mean that seems like it would be a slam dunk. Um, but then on the flip side, if you're looking at more so what the team itself really is lacking in the in the system right now um you know you look and don't really see any big centermen that you know can play 200 feet and can contribute offensively um you know and and if that's where you're looking then you're going to look more at cousins or or doc um so in in my mind i think those three are really the the three that they should focus on with the pick um if you're if you're really wanting to go after a guy that has superstar potential, I think you go with Pod Colson. If you're wanting potentially a little bit of a safer pick, or if you're looking for something to fill a bigger need that you have, then you go with Cousins or Doc. Yeah, and that's the question that Dub Bears had, and uh, which was basically with the forward prospects, who do the Hawks go if not the Russian? Uh, you know, Doc, big center. Uh, that passes too much, so-so at the dot. This is what he says, not what I'm saying. Uh, Cousins, still big center wing, crazy speed, scores a bunch, pretty good at the dot. Or Turcotte, smaller center, but is thick, decent at the dot, crazy effort, instigator, Marshawn 2.0 at center. So that kind of wraps up the question. So uh, we'll wrap up. We'll kind of move on from the draft, and we'll go with the how does this number three pick uh, change summer plans for the Blackhawks. Now, um, <clears throat> I I took before I got the question. I was actually thinking of this today, and I kind of posted on Twitter. I kind of put together a loose idea of what 
I could see happening, you know, in black, what I could see Stan Bowman doing. And I'm not saying I a hundred percent agree with all of it, but it was, um, it was reasonable. It left them with some cap money for the following year. It kind of checked a lot of boxes. It, it's not the sexy pick, but, um, it kind of checks a lot of the boxes, which could help this team in several ways, which is basically, um, they could maybe go out in free agency and pick up a couple forwards like uh, Michael Furlan and Ryan Dezingle. Um, they're going to be, you know, they're going to, we, we had a little chat privately about this, that, you know, those guys are going to command some money. They're both making in like the, just under 200 million or 2 million range. And uh, they're probably going to get up into the four or $5 million range. But you know, the Blackhawks again, you know, like all the meatballs are telling us the Blackhawks are going to have money to spend. So, and they are. Um, and, and then say you were to pick up uh, 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 Dylan Cousins as a center and maybe potentially he could play in the NHL next year is a third line type center for the Blackhawks. And, uh, you know, then maybe you go out in the free agency and pick up a guy kind of under the radar. He may be a little bit older than you like. Mm-hmm. And I su- and, and I of this last podcast and I heard someone else. Uh, I don't remember who it was suggested this as well. It might've been Charlie uh, Romeliotis, Jordy Ben possibly. Now I know it's not, you know, he's not going to jump off the page, but he could be a responsible defenseman for the Blackhawks in a decent cap hit that could maybe potentially play next to a guy like Eric Gustafson and potentially, you know, make up for those deficiencies because they're not going to trade Gustafson. While I'd like him, you know, I said last week that I'd like him to trade him. I don't think they're going to. So I'm just going by what I think is going to actually is closer to happen. So that was my kind of thoughts on that. Um, You may still have to go out there and try to, make a trade for a, a, a defenseman. But I mean, who do you, you're going to have to clear room for that as well. Cause Yoki Harrell will be up. Gustafson will be back. Murphy will be here. Keith will be here. Seabrook will be here. And then if you had like a Jordy Ben, maybe Jordy Ben's only a seventh defenseman. You can get another guy in there. Um, you know, that's still a workable situation without trading the pick away. Um, and that's just one scenario that I came up with. Um, let's see. Ray. I'm going to go to you on this one. What do you, what, what do you, what, what do you think the third overall pick does for their plans for the summer in going into next season? Hopefully it didn't change anything. I think for them, whether they're picking, you know, 12 or you're know, picking three, um, you know, hopefully it, it keeps everything the same. I think it could open up a scenario where they think they could get a really good player and change the outcome of the summer um, where they end up maybe with a couple uh, wing sign like you, you kind of did on online and then maybe grab a, a defenseman, uh, you know, if you get a, a generational guy or even a, a top pairing guy uh, from a team that that's looking like maybe a Toronto or like JJ said, maybe a Tampa that that's looking to, to shed some salary or can't get another guy signed. Um, but other than that, I'm 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 thinking it it hasn't changed a ton. Uh, you know, we're still getting somebody that is probably not stepping in right away next year unless you make that trade. So I don't think it's a big difference. Uh, Mario. Yeah, I mean, obviously, trading the third pick if that is something that they're entertaining is more enticing and is going to get you a better package back. Uh, coming back your direction than it would if they would have had the 12th pick. Um, I mean, if that's something that they're, that they're considering, um, you know, maybe acquiring someone that's going to be uh, able to step in right away um, for, 
preferably on the defensive side and preferably under, you know, under the age of 24 would be great. Um, just so it's someone that, you know, can, can come in and potentially have a future with the, with the team more than just, you know, uh, two, three years. Um, I think if they are entertaining training, trading the third pick that kind of settles them from potentially having to go and overpay for a guy in, in free agency. Um, because you, you, you know, you look at the, the free agent class, uh, for defensemen, it's not too much of a who's who that's really going to, um, you know, move, move the needle all that much. Uh, you know, uh, unrestricted free agents, that is. Restricted free agents, there's a little bit more. Uh, a couple guys that, that do jump off the page, like a, like a Jacob Truba, but, you know, trying to get a guy's rights or offer sheets or whatever, it can get really messy. So, um, you know, hopefully the, 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 the pick is used and they still um, have uh, moves in free agency that, that they can, that they can make or, you know, other, other trades that they can try and package to address needs like, like depth scoring. And, um, you know, hopefully that's, that's still in their plans. Um, I, I hope it hasn't changed it drastically uh, for, I don't know, for the worst, I guess you could say, but I, I, I would, I would think that the, the front office is smart enough to know what what the actual needs are of the team and that they have a plan to address it and that now having the third pick is uh, like i said um it's just it's it's gravy on top so yeah i mean you kind of got to think that you know with them picking defensemen so many defensemen like they knew that that was an area of need at that point in time um, mm-hmm. but let's not go overboard with it either <laughs> jj what do you think uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add beyond what I've already said. You know, yeah. I think you, you try to get a special player, and if you can't get a special player, perhaps you uh, turn that pick into, um, you know, some two or three assets that, that could really help you now and in the future. Okay. Eric, got anything? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, based on that they will likely go with a forward um, with the third overall pick, I think – it, it could be interesting to see how whoever that forward is that they take, um, you know, with the with the playing style that they are, how that would affect any forward unrestricted free agents that they might go after. For example, if if you're going to go and, and take Dylan Cousins, you know, someone that that has a lot of speed, you know, and and can be a middle six guy, well, then maybe you. Rather than going after Ryan Dezingle, maybe you more focus on Michael Furland to get that size and grit. Whereas right. if you take someone like Kirby Doc, then maybe, you know, vice versa, then you say, okay, we got our size and grit. Now let's get Ryan Dezingle and his speed. Um, because most likely if you're, if you're going to sign one of those UFAs that are in their prime, it's going to be a longer term deal. So then you're having that UFA as well as the third overall pick being in your system for a long period of time. So you don't necessarily want to um, kind of as Bowman is notoriously good at doubling down on, on the same type of players, Um, you know, rather try to try to knock out um, multiple areas of need as opposed to 
loading up on on similar styles of players. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Real good point. All right. Well, I mean, I think that's a pretty good. Uh, that's a pretty good variety of, of of answers, but um, I think it's a lot of information, so that's good. Um, there's one other thing that kind of got brought up uh, with with these roster things, and uh, that is the Dominic Kubalik thing, uh, wherever where now he's been brought into the conversation. Uh, you know, whether he could be on the Blackhawks next year, next year, whatever. And Bowman came out and said, and it's, and it's like the same thing every year, you know, it was like last year. And, uh, you know, there's always one of those prospects that they signed out of Europe or something. that's going to come over. This one was through trade, but, um, you know, Dominic Kubalik, uh, you know, I haven't seen enough. I mean, I've seen a little bit of them just through the highlight reels. I haven't watched, you know, a full game of them. I don't know what to think. Uh, the first thing I do think is that uh, he's not going to be able to wear that number 81 that he wears. <laughs> but um, anyway, I don't know what to think of the guy until I see him out there in camp. I'm not going to, I'm not penciling him into the lineup. Um, but does anyone have any uh, opinions or thoughts on the Dominic Kubalik thing that we're going to hear about the rest of the summer, apparently? Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, in my mind, don't even, I mean, yeah, you can, you know, maybe pencil him in as a forward on the NHL roster, but don't expect anything from him. Um, you know, I, I think, and not not to, you know, downplay him and his ability, but I would say have a mindset similar to, um, you know, Dominic Cahoon this season. You know, it was kind of like, okay, if he if he makes the team, great. If he contributes, great. If not, whatever. You know, it's not a big deal. Um, you know, and obviously Cahoon has turned into a nice, you know, depth type of piece. Um, you know, so if Kubalik can come over and do the same, I think that's a big win. Um, you know, and if he's not ready to do that, then so be it. And it's not, not really you're missing out on anything. It's, you know, you're not spending money or assets really to – to bring him in. So I guess that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. And, and, and two, it's like, it's, it's not even the, the skill is not comparable really, but like, you know, look at Victor, Victor Edsel and, and how well he did over in Europe. And now he came over here and because of his foot speed, he he had a really hard, hard time. And now it looks like he may be going back home to Sweden, at least from what we heard a couple of weeks ago. So uh, you never know what you're going to see with that. I mean, he, he may step in and play a little bit, but I wouldn't, you know, don't, don't expect them to turn into Artemi Panarin. That's kind of, um, they got kind of spoiled with that one. And uh, so, uh, Mario, you got anything on that? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, you, you touched on it there that the Blackhawks have been um, doing this kind of song and dance recently of, of getting a, a European you know, prospect, a player to, that's done well over in in the European leagues and comes over and is expected to come into the NHL roster. I mean, you know, Jacob Nilsson, David Camp, Kepney, Michael Kepney, Jan Ruda. I mean, these guys, they, they came in and, um, you know, it, it's not a heavy amount of, of expectations were put on them and transversely not a heavy amount of flash or substance have, has, has really come out of it. Um, 
So, I mean, you, you, you're kind of in that situation again. Like you said, they, they kind of got spoiled with, with Panarin and, and his deal. But, um, yeah, I mean, if if he's a guy that can come in, have a bit of size, a bit of skill, and, and you know, maybe do a, do a little bit of um, – do a little bit of that in in a middle six or bottom six role. Um, you know, I think that's that's going to be if, if that's his ceiling. That's kind of what the Blackhawks need. Um, if that's the role he can play and fill in the NHL, then great. Uh, but I, uh, like you guys said, I, I wouldn't put a ton of expectations on him. Um, you know, he led the what was it the the National League in Switzerland, led them in points. Um, you know, I put put however much weight you want on that, but um, you know, it'd be it'd be interesting to see what he can do, and and if not, uh, I'll I'll be happy to talk to him in Rockford. <laughs> Ray, Kubalik, what do you think? I think for a fifth round pick, it's exactly what Stan needs. He's got some flexibility in the summer with a, a low cap space, as opposed to bringing in maybe a, a veteran that was overpriced because he's been in the league uh, too long. So I think he helps out that way. I, you know, to say he's going to come in and, and step in and, and help the the roster, that's yet to be seen. I, I think for what Stan needs for the summer, that's a big part of it. Is that he's he's going to have that cap space. He can say he's going to be a bottom six guy, and they have enough trust in their their European scouts, and and they've done all right over there. Uh, you know, with the names that you guys brought up, so. I think it's just about the flexibility and you gave up a fifth round pick for him, you know, so it's not, not like you gave up a ton. Um, so I think it just gives us some more flexibility, gives the Hawks a little bit more flexibility this summer. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't, uh, you know, I can't tell either way. He, he may or may not make the roster, but I don't expect much out of him. John, do you, anything on the Kubali? Yeah, I, it's just the same old thing. I mean, you just don't know about these guys until they get over to North America um, you know, you, they get exposed to North American competition, the physicality, the smaller ice sheet. Um, you know, um, you know, the funny thing is, like, when you watch tape of Panarin playing in Russia, there was no question this guy was going to be good in the NHL. You know, there was just no question. Some of these other guys, you know, they really they they look really good, but then they get over here and, and it's not so great. Like, um, for example, Edsel. I mean, you guys brought him up, and that's a really good example. Um, we just got, you just got to see, um, I, you know, I don't know that much about the quality of hockey in the Swiss league. And I think that's where he's playing. Correct. The Swiss league. Yeah. Buddy. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, let's wait and see. I hear that he's fast. I hear that he's got, you know, a, a good offensive game. Um, we'll just have to see. I mean, that's kind of how Cahoon was rated coming out of Europe last year. And Cahoon's been a nice surprise, but you know, again, it's just, it's a, it's almost a crapshoot. You just don't know. Right. Um, from what I saw today and I was looking at some, and I was looking at some video before a couple of days ago too. Um, I mean, you know, he's good size. He's got a hell of a shot. Um, well, he might be able to help out a little bit, but, um, again, don't don't expect a whole ton out of him. Uh, uh, I have an update from yeah. um, top three pick land. <laughs> uh, last year, uh, Carolina took Andre Svechnikov, and he has cut the uh, Capitals' lead from three nothing to three two by himself. So, just, yeah. uh, just throwing <laughs> that out there. There you go. Yep. There's yeah. a, there's that big playoff body because he's a big player. He's a big guy. Yeah. Just something to think about. 
Yep. <laughs> For sure. That's a good one. Well, um, all right. I think we can, uh, we can air our grievances if we have any at this point in time, because we already kind of pretty much answered the questions. So what more grievances, what more, what more do we have to say, you know, about the Blackhawks this summer or going in, into the draft or anything like that? Um, I'll work my way back. Uh, JJ, you go first. Area of grievances? Well, we could be wrong. Like, <laughs> uh, I know you were airing friends. your grievances on the uh, pre-show chat. I just, you know, I, again, I think that um, this, I may be more excited about this number three, number three overall pick than anybody, because I just felt like the Hawks with their little hot streak in January, just kind of played them back themselves back in a position to, to kind of, you know, just keep being adding mediocre players. And um, now they've got this opportunity to really, you know, add a, a great piece for the future. And that's the other thing to think about in this is that, you know, and we've talked about it here, Kane and Taves may never have years this good again, you know. Um, so I think you got to be looking to get a guy in that draft pick who, who um, can potentially be on their level um, five years from now. Um, so that, that's one thing. Um, you know, the other thing, too, is, is, I mean, clearly this team is, they didn't tear down in order to rebuild. They're kind of trying to rebuild gradually and, become more competitive every year. And, and so, I mean, again, but I feel, I just feel like Bowman's Bowman's under a lot of pressure because um, there's, there's now there's pretty high expectations for next year. And there is an argument that, you know, this team in some ways perhaps overperformed um, in light of the fact that their defense and their penalty kill was so bad. So these guys were cut out for him. I don't, I, I'm somewhat encouraged and I'm really encouraged by the, the number three overall pick, but we're going to have to see he's going to have to, he's going to have to hit some home runs this summer. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's see, Eric, hearing of experiences. You got anything else you want to bring up about the Hawks or the draft? Um, yeah, I mean, kind of just like what JJ said, I'm extremely excited um, for the end of June. I mean, the draft is always one of my favorite couple days of the year. Um, you know, I just have always loved it and always love seeing what the Blackhawks do specifically. Um, and uh, like last year, I'm planning again on doing a bunch of prospect profiles on, on first round um, first round guys and and seeing who who might be, um, you know, going throughout the first round. Um, you know, it's a little bit different this year since the Blackhawks don't have two picks in the first round. Um so they'll Yet. likely just be limited to, you know, the guys that we've talked about. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for when they when they trade that pick and, and Seabrook for a whole slew of assets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, that, uh, that was another one yeah. of the crazy ones we saw, the uh, the trade, the, the pick in Seabrook just to get rid of Seabrook. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the amount of times that that has shown up in my mentions and in response to that poll is just downright ridiculous. Yeah, that's not a smart move. Um, and that's that's another thing I wanted to mention, too. Um, looking at the poll right now, it's been up for a couple of days. And uh, there's been a little bit over 500 votes. And currently, Dylan Cousins has 52% of the vote. Um, Pod Colson with 32%. And then Other has 16%. So that would include guys like 
Turcotte and, and Doc, and um, there's been a lot of people, again, we, we mentioned this, but a lot of people um, wanting to see them take Bo and Byram, but whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just like I said at the top, just extremely excited um, to see how the next couple months unfold and, and see how how this draft will, will affect the future of the organization. Awesome. Right. Not much. The one thing that I'm I'm interested to see uh, is the goaltending. I think you know Corey Crawford was was okay at, at times. He was bad at times, and and he was fantastic at times. You got Colin, um, you know, obviously locked up. I think he's his uh, waiver exempt. I'm I'm not sure about that. Um, you know, but what are they going to do with that other spot if 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 Crow ends up you know back in the dark room or you know Delia gets hurt? I'm kind of curious to see what what Stan does with that because I, I think he swung and missed with Ward didn't like the signing at the time I, I thought he'd struggle for years um, you know was living off a, a one-year uh, you know phenomenal play but um, would have been a good fit maybe on the the old teams for the for the Hawks but just curious to see what they're going to do with that that third goaltending spot and and really have somebody that can compete at the NHL level not just a, a stop gap or, or something along those lines but you can have when you're a Stanley Cup contending team um, and playing, you know, Hall of Famers in front of you on defense, um, you know, in their prime. So I'm, I'm just curious to kind of see what, what they do there. And, and you know, that that's kind of um, – I like goaltending. So, um, me too, I'm clearly. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. Yeah. Before I turn it over to Mario, let me hot take you on this one. How about they put together – they put together a – they keep the third pick. They take it. They, they take a forward. Then they put a package of picks together, a couple from this year, a couple from next year, move up into the high, uh, the, the high first round or low first round and pick Spencer Knight like you had brought up in, the, in our chat. So then they pick a forward and they get Spencer Knight. How, how about that, huh? Tell me that's I'd not love, hitting a home run. I'd, I'd love that. You know, <laughs> Jake Odinger from, from Dallas, I'm, every time I see he's doing well, I'm retweeting that because he was my guy that year. I know they got Yoki, so I mean, I'm, I'm not – you know, poo-pooing on, on that pick, but man, they just don't ever have that, you know, since, since Crow, you know, Colin's been a, a pleasant surprise, you know, I mean, you've been on him since, since day one and, yeah. you know, to say, man, he was going to be signing a, a two or three year deal, uh, you know, a couple million a year. If you said that, you know, a few years ago that everybody would have looked at you cross-eyed, but they just don't have that farm system. They don't have that, um, you know, to be able to come up with more goaltenders and, if Crow goes down, man, they've got to be ready because if you know if you you've, you had <laughs> you, you got nothing behind them, uh, you know, with Colin, and then right. nothing behind them, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, Jake yeah. Ottinger was a uh, Jake Ottinger was a uh, uh, Aaron Goldschmidt guy. I think Aaron was really big on on Ottinger, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wanted he wanted Ottinger, so uh, you're you guys are uh, goalie buddies uh, on that <laughs> pick on that particular pick. Yeah. I- when he wins the Stanley Cup for the Stars, I'm I'm going to lose sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and I think uh, you guys were big on Kel Peterson too. You guys thought maybe Kel Peterson uh, would have been a guy that they could have picked up as a free agent. When, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So yeah, they they just you know it, it always seems to be the odd European guy that nobody knows, you know, and then yeah. you know they never come over and they never pan out, um, you know. So I, I just would really like to see just somebody that could come in and, and step in that role, and if they you know move down and, and get a forward and move down and get the goalie, you know, that would be, that'd be icing on the cake for me. 
Oh, see, they, they they don't need that Russian guy at number three. They got Max Shalunov and Ivan Nalimov coming over from the <laughs> KHL in the next couple of years to, to rescue everybody. Yeah, those, yeah, those imaginary players. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We did see Nalimov in that one preseason game that he gave up like four goals in the first period. We never heard from him again. <laughs> He's banished to Siberia. Mario, what are your earrings of grievances? Um... Well, I mean, it's for, for me, you know, the, the Blackhawks season uh, ending kind of was on, on my back burner because the last two games of the year fell on nights where the Ice Hogs were playing. So I was kind of had my, my, my focus kind of divided up differently. But, um, you know, the, this, this Blackhawks season was, was a bit of a grind. And like I mentioned before, we kind of all – figured that was going to be the case over the summer. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm a lot more optimistic uh, going into next year, going in, going into this summer and then going into next year um, than I was last year. I think last year just kind of seemed like there really wasn't much of a, of a direction, you know, really wasn't much, didn't seem like there was much of a plan um, to, to improve the team. Um you know the the handling of the of the Q firing early on in the season was was pretty sloppy, but I think mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think I think Colleton deserves some credit for, you know, what he was able to, to do um, as as head coach in his in his you know first fraction of a year. Um, I think giving him a, a full off season, a full training camp, and you know going into a, a full NHL season uh, with a roster that he'll have you know some more say over. I think is going to be, is going to be good. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic. Uh, so it's, it's not too many grievances. Um, you know, if they, if they really fumble up this, 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 uh, this off season with free agency or, you know, they, they end up doing something, you know, not, not too smart with, with, with the draft pick that they were gifted. Um, you know, it's it, when we, when we talk again in in July, it's going to be a, a much different much different outlook. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm 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 a little more optimistic at this point this year than I was last year, and um, I think that's really for for what the last two seasons have been. Mm-hmm. That's really all you can ask for. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, Ice Hogs are uh, they're they're holding on to a thread of uh, of of hope for the. Uh, Calder Cup playoffs. Um, they don't play again until Saturday, and uh, if if all goes against their wishes, um, you know by by ten o'clock Friday night they'll be eliminated from uh, from contention. So fingers crossed. Um, you know if they if they can still be alive by Saturday, I think they have uh, have you know their playoff fates back in their own hands. But right now, it's uh, it's not up to them. So we'll see what happens, and we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll be the one, uh, the one organization in the Blackhawks organization, or the one team in the organization that makes the playoffs. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I would like to. Uh, I, I would like for you know Sunday's Sunday's game in Rockford against Milwaukee, their season finale, to not actually be their last game, because um, I you know I. It, it's a roster that's, um, 
much different than than this time last year. Last year they had guys that were, you know, fringe NHL players pushing them into the playoffs, and this year, you know, it's it's that's not the case. You know, last year they had high offensive power um, from from Adam Clendenning, Cody Franzen, and uh, Christy Domenico, and this year it's you know it's it's Anton Forsberg and Colin Delia uh, being two of the best you know defense uh, two of the best goalies in the AHL and getting the worst goal support out of any team in the league. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, we, we were talking about it in the chat uh, earlier today. It was just, it's kind of the opposite of the Blackhawks. You know, Blackhawks had a, had a, have a, had a hot power play and, you know, high, high scoring offense. Whereas the ice hogs, you know, they, they stop pucks, but they, they, they can't score them. And, uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do over the over the next two games. If they can get into the playoffs, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be tough. But um, yeah, like I said, fingers crossed. Yeah, well, it's going to make for a very quiet spring. And Mario, your your first article is going to be <clears throat> cutest pets in the Blackhawks organization. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, I I wouldn't. Uh, you know, if we got nothing else to talk about, I will uh, I will talk about Blackhawks and, and their dogs and everything. <laughs> Alex <laughs> the, Brink, the, the, the Brink dog or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't even know the dog's name. Scooter or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> Scooter, Fluffy, Benji. Yeah. 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 It's, some, it's something like that. Yeah, I know. He's his own Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I think that wraps it all up. I didn't see any other questions. I just checked, so I think we're good. So, uh you can find all of our comprehensive content at www.thedashrink.com. Uh, you can find us on the popular social media. I am at Puck and Hostel. Uh, you can also follow at the Rink Official and at the Rinkcast. Or and uh, John, you're Jekyll, J A E C K E L. Um, Mario underscore Tarabasi. Hockey Knapsack and Eric is what W A L A X E R. 19. 19, yeah. 19. I had a brain fart there for a second. So that that's all the Twitter accounts. Um, if you guys get a chance, please head, head over and uh, rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, we had one last uh, episode, so we appreciate that. Uh, I don't have any real last plugs. John, you got anything? Just our founding sponsors, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. Great people, great gear, man. Check it out. Buy some. Use that. 10% the rink, T H E R I N K discount code. Cool. Mario, anything? Uh, I'm just surprised we went this entire podcast without mentioning uh, Cole Caulfield. Or Eric Gustafson, for that matter. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I want to I wanna just lay, lay to rest the, uh, <clears throat> the, the short tenure that Cole Caulfield had as the potential <laughs> uh, Blackhawks draft pick. Um, I will be excited to watch him as a Badger for a year. And, uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, that was my pick. I, I, I figured they were going to stay at 12, and that that was who Stan was going to pick. Cause it seems mm-hmm. right up his alley, but, uh, yeah. Uh, Eric, you got anything you want to plug? Or... Um, Not really. Just one thing um, I thought of when, when Ray brought up the goaltending okay. situation. Yeah. Um, one name that that we've mentioned in our in our staff chat um, that would be, you know, somebody that well might not have the the high end ceiling that someone like a Spencer Knight would have, but uh, Notre Dame's Kale Morris 
it will be a, an unrestricted free agent, uh, I believe, this summer. Um, so, I mean, that could be somebody that you look at, um, you know, as more of a, a project if you don't feel that Alexis Gravel has that, that starter upside um, in the long term. Um, there was something else I was going to say, but I forget. <laughs> you, you were going to talk uh, about oh, Vowder um, Peters, right? Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah he's your favorite right Jeff yeah yeah um yeah you guys have already touched on this quite a few times already but just reiterating uh that the only bread in Chicago this summer is going to be the actual Panera bread <laughs> hey oh yeah figured it out. uh Ray got anything you want to plug now, nah, if you guys uh, head on out to the Steel game this Friday, hit me up on on Twitter. We'll come uh, we'll come on down and say hello to, hello to you. Awesome. All right, Braves buying. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go to the cash station, but first one's on me. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, good luck. Good luck to the Steel too. We want to make sure you know if they uh, make a nice long playoff run and we can cover, that would be really nice. So, give us some excitement on the site. So, for sure. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, so everyone, thanks for taking time out of t- uh, taking time out of your busy schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the line.